let's start with a content notification, shall we? The Queer Conjure podcast is about queer people, trans people, witches, marginalized communities that have suffered harm. We're going to talk about that stuff. It's going to be a bit shadowy. We're also going to talk about really joyful stuff that some people might consider offensive, like disobeying the state, like having really amazing sex. So if that doesn't sound like what you want to listen to right now, I invite you to go to another podcast. And if it is something you want to listen to right now, buckle up, babies, because here we go. Hello, hello, baby cakes. Welcome to the Queer Conjure podcast. Queerconjure.org is queering the path towards magical liberation. We place the T at the beginning of the acronym. We become inspired by witnessing other trans and queer folk fully living their whole self and diligently care for our community using magical practices and equitable principles. I am Jasper Joy. My pronouns are they, he. I am a genderqueer witch, a tarot scholar, community chemist, Venusian writer, and elder babe. My work is defined by open-hearted ethics, neurodivergent experiences, and a blatant disrespect for the state. Please consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash queerconjure. It's because of Patreon supporters that I'm managing to get this project off the ground. If you think somebody you know would like this podcast, please do share it with them. And if you have a couple extra minutes, I would love a rating and a review. It is really crowded out here in podcast land, and I'm just getting this started. So your support makes such a difference. Blessed be. Happy Ostara, baby cakes. It's me, Jasper. I'm so happy you're here. Before we begin with our newsletter content for April, I would like to share with you an Ostara story. A story that has evolved in the way all oral traditions do. It's a story I've heard many times in many different ways. And I offer it to you now in my own words, with my own little spin on it. Ah, So get comfy, take a deep breath, and allow these words to bring you the joy and hope of spring. A baby hare, called a leveret, is born with their eyes wide open, their body fully furred, and legs ready to race the wind across flower-speckled fields. They are born infused with sunlight, mischief, excitement, transformation, and a desire for life. These are the reasons the goddess Ostara chose the hare to be her sacred messenger on earth. Through the lineage of storytelling witches I come from, I was taught the story of how an ancient Germanic goddess named Ostara, the goddess of growing light and all things new, long ago, 
found a bird with a broken leg during a visit to this earth. Feeling compassionate and particularly creative, she gifted the bird with a piece of her own soul and transformed them into a large young hare. The shape-shifted creature was so grateful, they vowed to carry messages from Earth to the goddess's ethereal realm for the rest of time. I was taught that if I created brightly colored wishes by painting hard-boiled eggs and placed them under the first full moon of spring, then the spirit of this bird goddess hare would arrive to secretly inspect the wishes in order to relay them to the goddess Ostara. Being a mischief maker and a playful spirit, the hare will race around and hide the eggs in little nooks and crannies all over the yard before carrying the messages of hope and wishes and dreams back to Ostara. It created a fun little game of egg hunting for human children the next morning. And after finding the eggs, the children could peel them like a present to find a tiny sun inside. This golden orb reminds the children of Ostara's growing light, compassionate and creative and joyful. This time last year, I wrote the following in my newsletter, my Ostara newsletter. What would you do for a chance to align? This is the question that has been echoing in my witch's brain since mid-February. I went to my tarot this morning and I asked, align with what though? The Knight of Pentacles showed up and said, be the steadfast fortifier. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I went outside and asked the violets. And they said, You are meant to do simple things. The greatest legacies are simple. Be the steadfast fortifier of this body. You are meant to align with the earth, the stars, and the moon. Spirit can be frustratingly cryptic sometimes. Looking back at these words, the messages from the tarot and the violets seem less cryptic, having had a year of reflection. Everything I experience these days feels like divine magic, even the fucked up stuff. (laughs) One of my friends recently remarked that I've been going through a hardcore initiation process, and that brought me such comfort. What would I do for a chance to align with the animistic queer source of magic that pulses all around me? The answer is whatever it takes. I will be the compassionate steward of this body. I will turn my face to the earth, the stars, the sun, and the moon and offer them all of my love. I will allow my heart to break in response to injustice. I will build a simple yet deeply impactful way of life. I will devote myself to the queer divine through rebellious acts of liberation. Which I am, which I'll be, 
aligned to each budding tree. Hail. There's actually one more goddess story I must tell you about. Again, inspired by oral traditions of witches and infused with my own knowing. I invite you now to witness Persephone as a fully autonomous deity. Hades, Zeus, even Demeter can just step aside and quit making the story about them for a few minutes. (laughs) This story begins during one of Persephone's visits to Earth, where she was infusing all living things with warmth and vitality. But then she came across the body of a dead snake. Reaching for it and cradling it in her arms, she was awestruck by the absence of life within the body. I am the goddess of life, Persephone thought, and yet I only know half the story. I must also become the goddess of death. After burying the snake beneath a wise oak tree, the goddess traveled to the underworld. On her way, she had to pass seven gates, and each gate required a toll. At the first gate, she gave up her floral crown. At the next, her amber necklace. Then her belt, her amulet of growing light, the veil of her shape-shifting power, her satchel of sacred seeds, and finally, her robes. This is how Persephone arrived in the underworld, wild, willfully autonomous, and seeking to understand death. And she stayed for a long time, eating delicious food and making friends with the ancestors. Until eventually she began to miss her kinship to budding greens and trees and hatching eggs and baby animals. So she traveled back, back to the above world, retrieving her belongings as she passed through each of the seven gates again. And all of earth celebrated her return by bursting forth with life and warmth and joy. This is why we have the seasons. This is how Persephone became whole by her own right. Goddess of the wheel, goddess of life, and goddess of death. And goddess of life again. Blessed be. Some of you might not know this, but parenting is so hard. (laughs) I am the parent of two amazing kids. I love them with my whole being, and they are the source of most of my anxiety. (laughs) Um, So Phoenix is my nine-year-old, and they are incredibly funny and a talented storyteller. They're obsessed with ghosts and video games, impeccable drawing skills. They're totally going to be an artist one day. And 
yeah, so Phoenix is autistic with co-occurring conditions. And because of their disabilities, there are almost no accessible summer programs that have the supports and services Phoenix needs to stay happy and safe. So I've been reaching out to my community because we are trying to raise enough money to provide Phoenix with appropriate care and support and services over the summer break so that they can experience summer adventures and programs alongside all their peers. (sighs) Unfortunately, the accommodations required are frustratingly difficult to come by. We live in such an ableist fucking society, you guys. So, yeah, we have to ask for extra support with these things. And I'm deeply grateful, I just have to say, I am so deeply grateful for all of the support and community and love I've gotten on a regular basis when it comes to raising this neuroqueer magical kid. Um, Phoenix has a lot of aunties and uncles and uncles, and uh, I couldn't do this without you guys. Anyway, there is a link in the show notes if you want to learn how to help. Um, Please consider donating or sharing the fundraiser with as many people as you can. It would mean all the difference to us. Blessed be. Let's get into the April Gibbous news. If you know someone who might be interested in these offerings, please do share a podcast with them. (sighs) All right. I am recording this at home during spring break. You're going to hear my family in the background. That's just where we're at right now. I am living my authentic life, people. (laughs) All right. So... The April Gibbous News this month starts out with Jasper, that's me, writes about the divine. Here we go. My queer witches, how is your connection to divinity? What do you notice in your body when you pause and check in with your connection to, I don't know, the spirits, the gods, the goddesses, the planets, the goddess, the universe, ancestors, whatever you want to call it. What I want to know is, do you feel a mysterious awe, an opening, or do you feel contracting? Maybe your shoulders move in to protect your chest. How is your connection to divinity? There's no right or wrong answer here. I would risk to guess that as queer witches, we share religious traumas that often damage our relationship to, oh, the animistic queer source of magic that is our birthright. Some of us flinch at the very mention of God. I certainly used to, and depending on the context, I still do. But as spring sneaks in with these little buds of color, and the bee balm starts to poke up in my garden, and the ragweed makes me sneeze, fuckers, (laughs) I feel my soul's connection to the queer source of this earth. I feel the divine and loving relationship 
between myself and the universe. It makes me so happy. Everything I touch feels full of magic right now, full of spirit, full of the queer source, full of goddess, full of sacred purpose, full of mystery. Listen, I will never kneel before any authoritarian sky daddy. The gods of the Greek and the Norse mythology were kind of self-absorbed jerks and no longer interest me. The concept of Gaia is just saturated with this womb elitist correlations and doesn't feel accessible to me anymore as a trans person. And Judeo-Christian and other Abrahamic traditions simply just don't interest me. Though I do love when I get to witness all of my queer Jewish friends and just see all of the great beauty in their rituals. I'm so grateful for that. But something unnamed is filling me with, like, I don't know, should I call it ecstasy and rapture? Something unexplained allows my devotion to witchcraft to persist. Something holy, something holy within me feels the intimate connection to an infinite source of animistic queer sentience. I'm being a little dramatic, I know, but this is how I feel. For me, queer divinity is crystal clear. So is my connection to them. Over the past two months, I've been slowly but surely filling out an application, an application to an interfaith seminary program. It's quite possibly the most paradoxical thing I've ever done. Reverend Witch is a bit of an ironic and satirical job description, but that is what the queer source has been calling me to do. When I was interviewing with the Dean of Admissions, he asked if I was Wiccan, which felt a bit outdated to me. Um, yeah, and while I was brought up that way, it doesn't appropriately describe my current philosophies or traditions. I tried explaining to the seminary dean (laughs) that I do not ascribe to any organized religion, but my queer witchcraft is deeply reverent. I am devoted to and an extension of the undefinable queer divine. There is no separation between them and me. There is no separation between them and you. My journal prompt to offer, where in your life do you experience a mysterious and intimate connection? Where in your life do you experience a mysterious and intimate connection? Welcome back to the rain, rain, rain. We're glad the water's coming down again. The seeds are born in the storm. Welcome back to the rain. Welcome back to the rain, rain, rain. We're glad the water's coming down again. 
Seeds are born in the storm. Welcome back to the rain. Welcome back to the rain, rain, rain. We're glad the water's coming down again. The seeds are born in the storm. Welcome back to the rain. This is um, Ava channeling for April Roll. Is that April? Gibble? <laughs> Can I speak words? Um, April, give us news. Um, okay. How can we queer the way for decision making? I've been an altar tender, a god denier, a hellscape apologist. I've been an academic, a world traveler, a hermit. I've lived many lives, even under the same name. Along the way, I've been slammed against the wall of my ego like a pinball machine. I've cursed it for always influencing me to become something I hate, only to remind me of how much I hate it. This ego, they have been trained. I told my therapist today, I don't remember authentic and present interaction as a child. I only remember being told who and how to be. What is wrong? What is right? Who is bad? And who is good? Never curiosity, inspiration, intuition, or discernment. My ego is my bodyguard, my safety through an ever-changing morality. My ego has been trained in the language of hate. My anger has become fuel for abandonment and isolation. Many people within spiritual communities praise the death of the ego, but the ego does not die. I wonder, can we teach our egos a different language? What if when we are drawn to keep cutting off the dead leaves, we first look to see if the roots are getting enough water? As non-hierarchical beings, it is outside of our realm to decide who is better or worse. This is not to a plea to dismiss anger or to override your boundaries. Many of us seemingly relied on our anger and our boundaries to distinguish who is rotten and a vile person. This is, rather, an inquiry. How can we train the tool of the ego to find the route of peace? I'm beginning to ask my ego, what is fun for me right now? Because what is right exists within a binary, always at war with the wrong. How do we start with easing the war within? Thank you, Ava, for your channeling. I love you so much. Your words are so wise. Thank you for sharing your connection to spirit with us. Moving forward with the affirmations and divinations for the month of April. Uh, the card of the month is the fool. And the message that came up for that is delight and lighten. Our rune of the month is Ansu's. It kind of looks like a little F, a little droopy F. <laughs> and the message that came up for that is divine with an open mind. I'm just now noticing that there's a typo in my newsletter <laughs> as I'm reading this to you. Oh, well, such is humanity. Um, all right. Getting back on track. Trans affirmation of the month. We are held and cherished by divinity. Queer affirmation of the month. Our rage is a sacred song. I feel like that one's particularly relevant to 
some bullshit legislation that's happening in the States. (laughs) So if you want a deeper dive into these affirmations and tarot and runes, you can join our Patreon. And we have like three or four minute audio recordings that get into all of these every month. Yeah. Okay, the next thing I want to talk to you about is the book of the month. The book of the month is Queering the Tarot by Cassandra Snow. And you can get 10% off of that book with a link in my show notes. Listen, here's the thing about Cassandra Snow. Cassandra Snow unwittingly brought me back to tarot. I left tarot for a couple years because it felt wrong for me. It was so heteronormative, so binary, so hierarchical. I didn't understand why all of this like Jewish stuff was thrown in there. I had a lot to figure out, out and I didn't know how to like bring my queerness and my philosophies to the tarot. And then one day I was in a witch store. I was in Raven and Crone and I saw Queering the Tarot. And I was like, what? You can do that? The fuck you mean you can combine queer and tarot? <laughs> so I took the, the book home with me. I gobbled it up and then I went right back out and I got Queering Your Craft by Cassandra Snow as well. And I was like, wait, you can combine tarot and witchcraft and queerness and have it all be a thing? Like, I literally didn't know that. (laughs) Queering the Tarot explores themes of sexuality, coming out, gender and gender queering, sources of oppression and empowerment, and many other topics, especially familiar to not straight folks. So Cassandra is also going to grace us with with our podcast soon. They're going to be a guest. I get to interview them and I get to tell them for the first time that like I have deep gratitude for them for this this thing, the story I just told you. Uh, yeah. So it's basically a dream come true since they're the top reason I was able to heal my relationship with tarot. And I'm simply feeling awestruck. Yay, that's it. That is wrapping up our April Ostara newsletter edition for 2023. Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening and... Yeah, you can get all the links in the show notes. And if you really enjoyed this and want to support us, please consider joining our Patreon. And don't forget to like, rate, review, share, whatever it takes this podcast. Um, We're looking for more subscribers. All right. Merry meet, merry part, merry meet again. My sweet queer witches, blessed be. I have something to tell you. I am a book nerd. (laughs) 
and a bit of an anarchist. You might have noticed already. And that is why I am so deeply honored to be an affiliate of Firestorm Books. Firestorm Books is a collectively owned radical bookstore and community event space in Asheville, North Carolina. Since 2008, Firestorm Books has supported grassroots movements in Southern Appalachia while developing a workplace on the basis of cooperation, empowerment, and equity. If you go to queerconjure.org and on the upper menu bar, there's a link labeled books. You just click that link to browse a list of my Jasper favorite books. Anything you purchase through that link will return 10% back to me to support the creation of this podcast. So say you buy a book for $30, Firestorm sends me $3. Firestorm's mission is to demonstrate the feasibility and desirability of a workplace based on free cooperation. They seek to sustain and nourish their collective through fulfilling work, personal empowerment, and equitable compensation while providing a hub for anarchist thought and culture in WNC.